Hey everybody, we are live here at Crawford Field, the site of Rams Training Camp 2017. Welcome to season two of Between the Horns. Can you believe it's season two? Has it really been that long? Yeah, I mean, we've been doing this for basically a year now. So, good, yeah. good. It's been a long time since we had We're a podcast. We're gonna have a playoff edition at some point. I, I would love We're that. We're gonna have a playoff edition I at know. some point. Yeah. But yeah, this is good. Um, It's good to be back here on Between the Horns. Good to be back with you, DeMarco. Hello, sir. Always. Yeah, yep. how was your summer? We'll go through this quickly. Good, good, short, but good. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it seems like, you know, the season ended and we're right back in training camp. Uh, a lot has transpired, a lot has gone on. I mean, it's nice to see it manifested on the field, what the team could look like or is going to look like at some point. But yeah, it's been a whole lot of fun. I'm glad to be back at real football stuff. <laughs> real football stuff. Yes, real football stuff. Okay, so here's Not like, just talking about football, right. real football I know. stuff. I, I'm, I use that as a preamble to say this. My big pet peeve of this time of year yeah. is football is back. When, yeah. is, when to you is football back? Training camp. Football's back in training camp. Training camp. Not the first preseason game? No. Not week camp. one? Training camp. Why in training camp? Because, let's see, I suffered through the NBA, <laughs> then I suffered through All-Star Week in baseball, and then a dead time of nothing. Yeah. Finally, when, when we you... get back on the field, when guys put helmets on, it's football season. Okay. All yeah. right. That's fair enough. Yeah. I think football is not back until week one. Well, you're late then. I don't think I'm late. You're late late to the party. Maybe I am. It's training camp. July is football season. All right. Well, that's fine with me. Um, Let's talk about some of the first impressions of camp uh, just through the first couple weeks. I mean, obviously things are different right now with Sean McVay. Mm -hmm. Um, I think the pace of practice is a little bit quicker. I think there's kind of a different energy to everything, and I think that's kind of to be expected uh, with a new head coach. But I think so far we've seen a lot of positives. Yeah, I mean, it's hard not to pay attention to Jared Goff only because, I mean, it seems everything has been about him. Well, this offense is structured around his strengths. The guys they've brought in are are here for Jared Goff to become a better quarterback. So just watching his progress and watching how he goes through reps and drills and everything, there is progress there. So as long as that quarterback spot, that number one spot in your football team is getting better, showing improvement, then you should be better off than you were last year. Now, you're fixing or you're implementing a whole new right side to your offensive line. Yep. You have a brand new left tackle. There's a lot new to talk you about. Have a new but center. A new center, but it's all over but the shout if the quarterback can't play. Right. So Jared Goff showing improvement has been the whole camp for me. Well, and I think the other part of it is that he's got some new pass catchers, mm-hmm. and we've been able to see some progress through both of those guys as well. We're talking specifically with Robert Woods and with Cooper Cup. Those two newcomers are guys that I think are going to play a significant role in this offense from day one. And we've already kind of seen it throughout camp. And I'm curious to see what it's going to look like in preseason and regular season. But if it looks like what we've seen so far, we're going to see a better offense. You know, I like the dynamic between the two, the guys you mentioned, Woods and Cup. Uh, Cup is a guy that catches everything, runs precise routes, as does Woods. But I think Woods has that number one receiver mentality. He wants the ball all the time. He's always open. That kind of thing will drive a quarterback and drive an offense. Anytime you can flip the field, take the top off the defense, shorten it on one play, it's all good for everybody. Offense, defense, even the fans, everybody likes that sort of stuff. But at some point in games, you're going to need somebody that's consistent, that picks up first downs, that could have those explosive plays, but make the smart plays too. So I like the combination of Woods and Cup on the field at the same time. Okay, so you you just said something I think is interesting. This thing about a number one wide receiver mentality, you uh-huh. see it from Woods. Why do you? Where do you see it when it comes to Woods? Well, when he takes a step off the line, his hand goes up. Huh. Uh, they all think they're open. I mean, yeah. that's whether he's open or not. I just love that mentality. What did Michael Jordan say? You miss 
100 percent of the shots you don't take michael scott said that actually michael scott no, said that it's a, just an it's an office joke will you stop that anyway i just <laughs> i just love watching him go about his business i mean when you you watch a des bryant up yeah. close and you see how he behaves with his quarterback and yeah. how much he wants the football that sort of stuff helps a quarterback out. So if you have that same mentality on the, in this offense, it's only going to help Jared Goff. Well, and that's what I think Jared Goff has kind of seen too. Uh, he's talked about how those two guys worked a lot together. Mm -hmm. I mean, even in sort of the, the between stages of, you know, the end of the offseason program and training camp. They worked out a couple of times together. Um, you know, you guys may or may not have read that piece that I did on Jared Goff I read when it. we were at Nevada. Oh, thank you. You're Marco. welcome. Hey, yes. Yeah, wow. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so happy you read it. Um, but I, the, what he was saying when we were up there, even at the end of June, was basically he kept talking about how much he loved what Robert Woods was bringing to the offense. Mm -hmm. Just sort of this an extra dimension, yeah. of, you know, kind of a je ne sais quoi kind of thing. But he has sort of it. And you've talked about this before, you know, when he, when Robert Woods was in Buffalo, you kind of don't know what exactly he could have done at the top of his potential, sort of because of the quarterbacks he was playing with. Right. Now, do we know exactly Jared Goff's ceiling and if he's going to reach it yet? No, we don't. Right. But I think Jared Goff could potentially be one of the better quarterbacks that Robert Woods has played with in the National Football Could League. be, could be. I mean, it, it's one of those things, uh, the, the maturation process with quarterback and receiver. Okay, now you've, you've made the right read. You've hit me when I'm open. Yes. Okay, now let's talk about ball placement. It's not good enough just to get the ball to me. I want you to put it here yeah. where I can do something with it after right. the catch. So, I mean, those are all the things that you're going to keep working on if you're Jared Goff and Robert Woods and Cooper Cup or anybody catching passes. Let's get the offense. Let's be on the same page, and then we'll take it up a notch mm -hmm. to what the elite quarterbacks do. Not yeah. only am I hitting the right guy, I'm hitting the right guy in the right spot. Right. So I, I think those will start to come along. Yes, and that's something that we're going to want to see in Jared Goff as things go along, especially in these preseason games. So, guys, if you've got Twitter questions, make sure you use the hashtag Between the Horns. We will do our best to get to them as we go along in the conversation. But we've gone, I don't know, maybe 10 minutes. Has it been? Uh, uh, in this. Yeah. And we've not brought up somebody that is maybe the most important person who's not here. And that's number 99, Aaron Donald. Who? I'm just kidding. Right. I'm just messing yeah. around. Mm -hmm. yeah, uh -huh. yeah. 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 It's weird, this holdout. I mean, usually when there is a holdout situation, there is a bad guy. Yeah. Uh, the team's the bad guy because they're not paying him. Or yeah. the guy's just not being here. He's being selfish. There is no bad guy in the situation. Yeah. yeah. It's just, it is what it is. I right. mean, Aaron Donald has outplayed his deal. Mm -hmm. They have to get a new one done. To get a new deal done with two years remaining on a contract already, that's hard to do. It is. It's not easy. So there's a lot that goes into it, but... Sooner than later, we're going to see 99 on the field. I, I agree with you. Part of it, I think, is that this is a negotiation, right? And mm -hmm. I think that sometimes can be lost when people are talking about this Aaron Donald situation. It is a negotiation basically because of what you said. He is under team control on his contract right now for at least this season and next season with that fifth-year option that the Rams obviously chose to use on him, right? right? So, but then... You also got franchise tag, potentially, that's one year. Mm -hmm. Then you've got another franchise tag, potentially. We know that the Rams have no problem with going two years on a franchise tag. They're doing it right now with cornerback Truman Johnson. So, with that in mind, you want to give Aaron Donald a raise. Everybody right. has said that they want to give Aaron Donald a raise. That, that, that is not He's earned speed. it. He's earned it. Yeah, yeah. And He's, everybody has yeah. said with the organization, they've said that. But you have to come to a correct number that works for both sides. And I think because of the way this contract's worked out right now for Aaron Donald, he's got to give something up a little bit right. 
in order to get something, right? And, and the Rams the are going to have to pay him right. something in order to make sure that he's happy. Right. And, and that's why it's a negotiation. True. And Aaron Donald, I mean, when you get right down to it, is worried about Aaron Donald. When he gets here, he'll, right. be, a, he'll be a team guy. But when you do as a team and you pay a guy like Aaron Donald, you have to worry about the future as well. Mm -hmm. What is this deal going to do for the rest of the guys? Right. Because next offseason, you have some decisions to make. Well, you got a ton of decisions to make You have to decisions make right to make. Now. So how yeah. does this affect that? So, I mean, it takes time to get these deals done. But the one thing that does encourage me or doesn't discourage me about this holdout is he's an interior player. He's, uh -huh. a, he's a down lineman. He puts his hand down, see ball, get ball. Yes. It's not like he has to take as many reps as the quarterback. Right. There's not many that many people depending on his every rep right. for their very life. I mean, you can put Aaron Donald in a situation if he's only had three days worth of practice and he still may be as good. I think so. Definitely. And the other thing about it that I think sort of is a good sign for the way these negotiations are going, you've not heard numbers. Yes, you know? right. Uh, like you heard numbers coming out of Washington with quarterback Kirk Cousins. Right. And sort of, I, I think that speaks to the maybe acrimonious nature of the way those discussions have gone. You're not hearing anything from either camp. I mean, you, you think about the, the press conference um, that Les Snead and Sean McVay had the day before camp started. Mm -hmm. They used the word respect so many times. Mm -hmm. Talked about respecting Aaron, respecting him as a player, respecting him as a human, respecting this process. And I think that's huge. That's why that's huge. this process, it, it seems like it's going to come to an end at some point with something that works for both sides. True. Well, look, as a player, when you're sitting in the locker room, if I'm sitting next to Aaron Donald, and I've been in these situations before, not on this scale, not with a guy that good, right. but, okay, if, if he's having a hard time getting paid mm -hmm. from this team, well, what's it going to be like for me? So that yeah. that's all the stuff that goes on, the talk that happens behind closed doors. So when they talk about respect, I think that's what they mean. Mm -hmm. They appreciate his work. It's nothing against Aaron Donald. Yeah. He has earned the raise. Yes. And he's going to get the raise. Yes. Everybody knows that. Yes. So, like you said, it's just a matter of coming down, negotiating down to a number to where everybody's comfortable and then he'll be here. Right. And I think the other thing we got to take into account here, too, is that Aaron Donald is protecting himself because yeah. you don't want to suffer a catastrophic injury like, out here in training Like camp. Dominic Easley. Yes, that's exactly where I'm it going It could happen. Yeah. It can definitely happen. And that's an unfortunate thing, especially yeah. with the way Dom Easley played last season. Right. Yeah, I mean, tremendous. I mean, yeah. you, you would think, I mean, that hit, that's, that's Aaron Donald's direct backup. Right. So you would think that if you lose him, then that would put more emphasis on getting Aaron Donald done sooner than later. Well, in theory. In theory, not so much. You right. still have some time there, but... That just proves anything can happen at any time. So exactly. if you think that maybe Aaron Donald could wait on this, well, I think that just proved that if you have an opportunity to cash in, you should. Yeah. Well, I think that's part of it, too. But just getting back to Don Easley for a second. Yeah. There was this thing, you know, the media release, media guide that came out, and it had him as a projected starter. I think it almost may be a little bit more accurate to go with what you said and say Dominic Easley was probably – Aaron Donald's direct backup, mm -hmm. plays that three technique very well, especially on passing downs oh, yeah. where he can sort of get inside and do his moves and do what he does best. Those two guys at the end of last season, when it was Donald and Easley in the middle, yes, were wrecking havoc. They really were. I mean, that's the problem. Somebody has to come off the field. It might be Michael Brockers, but the way those two undersized guys were just bringing it to every offense, yeah. I thought was encouraging. So even if Dominic Easley didn't start the game, he's going to play a major, he was he was going to play major snaps and a major role in yes. this defense. And the unfortunate thing with him is that, you know, it appears this is his 
third ACL tear. I mean, Ooh, he had two yeah. in college, one on each knee. And so now you get that next one. Yeah. Man, that's, that's tough. And it's really tough to come back from. And so you yeah. feel for him, especially because of that. And because he seemed to be doing a pretty darn good job now in Wade Phillips' defense. Isn't it Thomas Davis, the linebacker, that came yeah, back from um, multiple Carolina? ACL yeah, surgeries? Yeah, yeah. yeah uh, I know hard. Navarro Bowman in San Francisco has been through a lot, so yeah. it's not unheard of that. Well, we've heard of it here you Sam can, Bradford. You can fight back through that sort of stuff. And, I, you know, talking to Dominic Easley, watching him play, it seemed like when he got here, he had a new lease on life. Yeah. Maybe he started to fall in love with the game again. So if anyone could fight through that injury, I, I bet it's him. I, I would hope that it's him too. And I think that's one of the things we're going to try to look for. I mean, Sean McVay said after this happened, you know, that they are going to embrace uh, Dominique Easley. They're going to do everything Good. they can to help him. And so, you know, who knows what happens next year yeah. um, with Dom Easley. But at this point, it's, it's unfortunate that he's going to be lost for the season. Um, but let's talk about a couple other injuries that some more minor, others a little bit more major. Um, at wide receiver, Tavon Austin, they say he's day-to-day, -day, sort mm -hmm. of a hamstring injury. Obviously, we've seen the Rams kind of sign a couple more wide receivers. Mm -hmm. A little bit sort of seems like because wide receiver position is kind of dropping off, like, like flies a little bit. A couple hamstring problems with some other guys as well, um, with specifically Josh Reynolds there. Yeah. Um, and so I think that's part of why we're seeing this. But with Tavon Austin, it's unfortunate that he's not out there right now because these are important reps for him to get used to this offense and him to figure out the fit of the way he plays in this Sean McVay scheme. I think he needs to be out there. I mean, it's a shame that he's not right now. That his body's kind of letting him down because I think these reps are important. It's yeah. a new offense, a new philosophy, a new way of doing things. Uh, you have to find your role within the offense. Right. Um, it's going to be hard to do that when you're in the tub. Mm -hmm. um, so that's just what it is. Uh, but we always talk about this when we talk about Tavon Austin. With the ball in his hand, he's the most dynamic player on this field. He can be. Yeah, when he does get his hands on the rock, anything can happen. I mean, he can go from just about any point on the football yeah. field. So. If you're Sean McVay, that's something you covet. Yeah. You want to make sure you can find a place in your offense. I think everybody in the NFL wants to find a place for a guy like that yes. in the offense. But when you're implementing and you're putting in a new system, it would help him, help your coach, and help your quarterback if you're here every day. Absolutely. Yeah. It just it, That's how you define your roles within an offense. Yeah. Where do you think he does best fit? You know, out wide, um, out beyond the numbers, um, some slot stuff, definitely. But with this tight end heavy offense, um, I think his damage is going to come outside the numbers. Yeah. Where he can just use that straight line speed, more mm -hmm. so than what we've seen in years past. Yeah. Um, Santana Moss type. Yeah. Yeah. You can drive the safety off with your speed, or if it's man coverage, beat that guy over the top and become the primary route runner. Mm -hmm. So I think that is where I see him in this offense. I think. And still a dose of the. Tavon gadget stuff that we've seen before. Yes. Yeah. And I think that that's that's part of why you wish you could see what's going on, what what he could be doing right now. You know, mm -hmm. just because we haven't really seen that kind of guy who can take the top off the defense at mm -hmm. least since I've been here, and that's going on. This is my now my fourth season, so I think that's if Tavon Austin can find that particular role mm -hmm. in this offense, that would be a huge help. Well, yeah. I mean, you think about what they did in Washington when. Sean McVay was there. Uh, whenever you got tired of Jordan Reed beating your head in and you changed coverage and went man, and then all of a sudden you'd see a receiver get deep down the field. Right. So pick your poison. Yeah. Uh, if, if you stay in zone, I'll hit tight end. Yeah. You go man, I got speed on the outside. Yeah. So I see Tavon in that speed type role, but 
You just have to see it out of practice. Exactly. First. Yeah. The other the other injury I think that's kind of taking something away right now is Mike Thomas is also oh dealing with an injury, and he yeah. has not necessarily been out here, but he's also going to be dealing with that four-game suspension. That's too bad. It is too bad, and we, so we haven't done a podcast um, since that news came out, but I think that's a significant thing yeah. because of the way he was playing in the off-season program. Yeah. It seemed like he could play a major role. You should see him warming up, and just yeah. you could tell like he wants to be out there. If, if a guy could say, I'm sorry, running drills. Mm-hmm. I think he said it about four or five times yeah. by now, the way he's working. So, And his size, I mean, all that could help this offense. All that could help him in the National Football League, but could help this offense so much. But you really can't count on him yet until he's eligible to play. Right, and that's, that's the it's problem. It's almost like he's not even here. You know yeah, I mean? yeah, it kind of is. Yeah. Well, because he's not practicing right now, again, because mm-hmm. he's got that injury. But what, when you see him and you know what he's capable of doing, and I think the other thing is, Think about wide receivers, so many of them make a significant jump between year one and year two. That's a big thing. I think about Antonio Brown as this kind of prototypical guy, and I'm not trying to say that Mike Thomas could become, you know, is going to become Antonio Brown at some point because he's the best receiver in the league right now, but not named Julio Jones. But at some point, you know, you, you see this a lot across the league. Wide receivers, they understand things better now they, yeah, in their yeah. second year. They understand coverages. They understand how they, they need to prepare their bodies. And so from that vantage point, it's like, all right, man, you want to see this jump from a guy like Mike Thomas. Right. I heard something from Isaac Bruce when we were rookies going into the second year, and we were just talking about, you know, what it's going to be like moving into our, our next season. And he told me something that stuck with me with receivers, something yeah. he learned. I think he may have learned it from Dion. Okay. He said, corners don't lie, safeties do. Yeah. And that's true. Corners Uh will always give you coverage. Yeah. Safeties are going to lie to you. Hmm. But that's the stuff that only comes with experience Uh and making it from year one to year two. Mm -hmm. And it made him a Hall of Fame receiver. So I I bet you'd see that. I don't know if he's going to have a Hall of Fame career, but that same sort of experience and knowledge comes from more experience. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. So Matt, my esteemed producer over here, just put something on the board, which he's also going to use for Twitter questions, which is a great thing to do since we're doing the board this board is live. blank. I see nothing. Yeah. Well, I saw it before. Oh, what, what did so, you say? Yeah. <laughs> he said, is, can, can Katie Cannon um, be one of these guys that can become a deep threat for the Rams? Katie Cannon is an undrafted free agent, originally went to San Francisco, didn't stay on there, and now... He is here in Los Angeles with the Rams. Wide receiver out of Baylor. Well, we'll see. I mean, you've got a lot of camp left yeah. and some preseason games to yes. go. I mean, we're going to find out. We don't know who the deep threats are. True. Yeah, I mean, I think all bets are off yeah. right now. I mean, this is basically starting at ground zero. Yeah. You're not moving from one year to the next. This is starting over from day one. Because so. you've got the new coaching staff. New coaching staff, new right. philosophy, new everything. So okay. we'll see. So I'm going to go on a little bit of a rant here. So the Your other day. I could actually start the play with his hand down. It might, maybe. You, you never yeah, know. If it's right. a guy like Gerald Everett. You, you know, never or know. Or Tamara Kimingway, I don't right. know. But that's, and this is, so this is the point I want to make. So the other day, I got a guy, nice jabroni. I don't remember his Twitter Did handle. Did you call him jabroni? Him. Yeah. Yeah. Let me just look. Okay, go I, ahead. Jabroni. Jabroni. You know? Like, it's it always sunny in Philadelphia. The Rock says it, though. Or, or, or The Rock. Yeah, it sounds tougher when The Rock says it. I, that's because I have no base in my voice. Okay, We've go discussed ahead. Anyway, this before. go ahead. Anyway, so he comes at me and he's like, Miles, I want a hot take from you. Like, what do you, who, do you, who are some low-round draft picks that you think might get cut? I'm like, I don't know. Like, yeah, he asked me this when there's been one padded practice. Well, and I'm like, I, I don't know. I don't have enough information to do that. He's like, well, it's, it's called a hot take. Because you, you need that. You're supposed to. I thought you were an insider. 
I'm like, man, go, you know. You have to work on your bedside manner. Well, I just think you that, You have a legit like, question. That's, tell, that's tell a legitimate question. Tell him it's too early. I did say it was too no, you, early. you just mocked the guy. Yeah, I just mocked him now. Just tell him it's too early. I did tell him it was too early, and then we he tried to go. We have a long way to go. I literally said those things. You can go scroll through my timeline, yes. you might find it. But he came back at me okay. with, oh, I'm sorry, I thought you were around players every day. And he could day. be standing and here. You, then good, I hope he is. <laughs> there I he is right there. <laughs> See? <laughs> no, it wasn't that guy. This guy looks nice, I like this guy. But no, I yeah. just, but my thing right now, look, we've seen, what, three, four days of pads? Right. We've not seen a preseason game. Right. It's hard to sort of handicap, okay, who do you think is going to get cut? I don't know. It's too early to it's tell who's going to start. Right. Yeah. We don't know who the starters are yet. Right. Um, I know what they are in pencil, what the depth chart says, but this is professional football. Mm -hmm. Anything could happen yes. at any time. So we don't know. We have no idea. I bet the coaches don't even know. Yeah. yeah. I don't think so either. Yeah. So that's, I mean, that I think is part of the interesting part. That's of, how I would answer. Yes. See? Well, that's the way I answered it. Tweet too. me. Yeah, he's I'm a nicer nice guy. than me. Yeah, I know. All right, Brandon at No Plan B asks us: Is John Sullivan the starting center, or is the job still up for grabs? I'd say it's it's his job to lose. I would say the same thing. Yeah, yeah. I, I, he's got the most experience, um, the third most experience on the offensive line, second most experience on the O line. I think I think second. Whitworth, I think, then him. Yeah, Whitworth, then, Sullivan, Roger. Then Roger Saffold. Yeah. yeah, I would say it's his job to lose. Yeah. Yeah. And the part of what you know, you talk to different guys, either on the offensive line, or even Jared Goff at quarterback, they say that there's a stabilizing presence mm -hmm. that John Sullivan brings as a veteran center. Talking to Jamon Brown last week, he even said, you know. The great thing about Sullivan is that he's decisive. He makes a call, you know what it is, you stick to it. And that allows other guys to sort of either know exactly what they're doing or they can play freer because of that. Nice. So I think that's one of the good things about John Sullivan. Now, whenever you're talking about John Sullivan, unfortunately, you got to bring up the injury history yeah. because that's there, yeah. especially because it's a back injury. Yeah. And back injuries and are, are hard to recover from. Yeah, they're tricky. Um, but at center, uh, especially, in this conference, in this division, when you think about it. Yeah. Let me take that back about the division. I mean, you're not facing that many three fours to where the center is going to be covered a lot. Mm, yeah. Yeah, yeah. A lot, most of the time, he's going to be spent in space chasing linebackers. Yeah. I yeah. mean, there's going to because, be no tackles you have to block at yeah. some point, but uh, you're not expecting him to blow people off the ball right, in exactly. this offense. Uh, being smart, making sure you're letter perfect in protection, uh, that to me would be a winning scenario for your for your starting center yes exactly so I think that's part of it but you have to also think about okay what's the future of the offensive line right because you've got guys Depends on Jared Goff yeah yeah because you've got I mean a guy in Andrew in Andrew Whitworth who's 35 years old mm -hmm. and we were just talking to him on Rams camp live great conversation with him and he's such a knowledgeable guy mm -hmm. and he really does take staying fit and his you know his body taking care of his body takes that very seriously but then you've got him, you've got Sullivan, and then you've got some guys that, you know, you hope can be depth pieces, yeah. right? You know, behind guys like that, like Interesting. an Andrew Donnell. I'm trying to figure out who the swing tackle is. Okay, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you're gonna have your starting five and you're gonna have a sixth and a seventh, right? Right, right. Probably one guy is gonna be your interior swing guy. Yeah. Play center, plays both guards. Yeah. And somebody's gonna have to be able to play tackle, either right. one side or the other. Yes. So, who is your backup swing tackle? Yes. I think that job's up for grabs right now. Yeah, I think so too. So um, let's think about um, what we learn when these guys are in pads 
as opposed to when they've just been kind of in, you know, the jerseys and the shorts. Because I, we were yeah. talking about this last week um, when things were initially getting going. Like, what kind of is the difference there? Well, the thing I noticed when they put pads on is how fast this defensive unit can be. Yeah. Uh, a base 3-4 or any 3-4 defense is going to be faster than most 4-3s. Yeah. Because they're smaller, lighter guys on the edge. Yeah. Uh, so that didn't disappear when they put the pads on. Yeah. It actually increased. I love the fact that LaMarcus Joyner is now playing free safety. I like it too. Yes. I mean, now he has the ability to fly to the football from anywhere. Yes. He's always in the play. Love that. Yes. Uh, the other side, offensively speaking, you know, uh, you're not going to see that much out of Todd Gurley in training camp. Yeah. But I do like the way he is setting up his blocks mm -hmm. and how it seems like they have a better understanding, a better feeling for where the ball's going to go yes. on run plays. And that doesn't show up in shorts, Yeah. but it shows up in pads because yeah. guys are being blocked. Well, that was something I think that showed up in the scrimmage um, that happened yesterday against the Chargers up there at StubHub. And I obviously, I was not there. I was at the Hall of Fame. If you're watching this, you can see I'm wearing a Hall of Fame shirt. But show that's off. something... I, go ahead. I don't know why I did that. Yeah, I'm so that's all right. I'm sorry. Kurt, yeah, Kurt was my quarterback. Though. Yeah, he was. I'm just saying. Go ahead. Okay, yeah. yeah he wasn't my quarterback. Yeah, I yes, sir. was like, that 1999, though, was the first Super Bowl I remember. Nice. Yeah. That was the first one? Yeah. That's, that's the, the only one I remember. I remember. I'm just kidding. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember what I was talking about anymore. Todd Gurley. Yes. So, yeah, it seems like he is reading blocks better. Mm -hmm. um, I remember watching him out here last week. There was one specific run where it looked like he went through hole by hole, almost like you know a quarterback going through his progressions. It was like he looked at one, he's like, ah, no, I'm not gonna go through there. So we slip outside up, not going through that one, and then to the outside again, and he found the hole and he got up the field. And I think it's encouraging to see Todd's vision yeah. sort of come to light now in this going into his third year. Oh, yeah, and we talk a lot about Sean McVay and Jared Goff. There's also Sean McVay and Todd Gurley. Yeah. Uh, the plays that he likes to run and where he likes to hit them. Yeah. Designing plays to fit his skill set. So mm -hmm. I think it's he's got experience. He has confidence in this offensive coordinator and this head coach, and the offensive line is blocking better, or at least they're training better. So yeah. it seems like the run plays are working. We'll see what happens when there's another colored jersey on the other side. Yes. We'll see if they can actually get some, knock some people off the football yeah. and get some depth there. But in practice, it seems like he has a better feel for where the holes are going to be and how these guys are going to block up front. Yeah. So my, my guy on Twitter, Mikey D, wanted to know this. <coughs> it's that when you're talking about a, a practice like the Rams had with the Chargers and you're thudding, you're not really taking guys to the ground, you're not doing live tackling, what sort of is the benefit that you can see from, I don't know, either an evaluation standpoint, uh, a technique standpoint? When you're scrimmaging you know, other yeah, teams. Yeah, when you're scrimmaging the other teams, even though you're not taking guys okay. to the ground. Let's just cut right through it. I'll, yeah. I'll tell you what the benefit is, you don't care about them. Huh. I, I don't care if I put you in the ice tub. Right. You're not going to help me win. Yeah. Yeah, so that's the difference. I mean, there are some things that when you're practicing against your own guys, you mm -hmm. just can't do. Yeah. Uh, as an athlete, um, as a teammate, I don't want to hurt you here. Yeah. I need you for game day. Right. But you're going against somebody else's guys, well, who cares? You know, I may throw an elbow to, you know, your hip. I'll do that in the game. You know, mm -hmm. I, I can practice that here, but I can't practice that against my guys here. Yeah. But out there, who cares if I hurt you? Right. That's just the way it goes. So another colored jersey just frees you up as an athlete to go harder than what you would against your own guys. Did you do much of that when you were playing going we against We scrimmaged the Chicago Bears once, and that got out of hand. Uh, up got in out of hand? It got out of hand up in Platteville. They had Alonzo Spellman. You ever heard the name? I think so. Google search Alonzo Spellman. Um, so is that why it got out of hand? If what you, do you think when Andrew you say Whitworth got out of is hand. scary, oh my God, wait till you see this guy. 
Well, I mean, the Andrew Whitworth is so it seems like the kind of guy that, you know, he's very nice until yeah. he gets on the field and then he's probably just a different human. Yeah, right. Um, Alonzo Spellman was the same on and off. Oh, okay. Yeah, just mm -hmm. there was no other guy. There's a nastiness to it. Yeah, I mean, so we saw each other the same way. We thought we were better than them, and they yeah. thought they were better than us. So about two days in, you know. Oh, two days. Yeah. How many days were you there? We were there, I think we were there for two whole days, three days. Goodness. Yeah, and it, it kind of... Well, yeah, uh, with yeah. football, I feel like it got a little happen. scary for a minute. It got like you know we were going game speed and then beyond. Okay. And we uh, actually scrimmaged uh, the Indianapolis Colts. Okay. I Pay believe with, it was with Manning? Manning's first year. Oh really? Tony Mandridge was there. Okay. Yeah, so that was okay. We got some good work against them, but yeah, it's the same thing. I mean, it's just guys that don't know you, guys yeah. that don't have a playbook on you, and you can just turn it loose a little bit. Yeah. And I think that's kind of important during the dog days of camp, isn't it? Yeah. It it it, it gives guys motivation. I mean. Look, if you're a defensive lineman, offensive lineman, and you're going through one-on-ones with the same guys, mm -hmm. after two days, he's seen all your moves. Yeah. You've seen all his pass sets. Receiver versus corner. Mm -hmm. After about two or three days, he'll be able to read your route. Right. So when you get to go against different people, it's new stuff. And whatever you think won't work against your own people will work against them because they haven't seen it. Yeah. What if, you know, talking about coverage and things like that. Mm -hmm. Oh, no, there goes That's the right. Yeah. What do you thought of the corners so far? You know, I like the, the, the addition of Kayvon Webster. Yeah. I do. Um, and I like the way uh, Tremaine Johnson has come to camp. Yeah. Um, he's really dialed in, and they're coaching him mm -hmm. to get better. And he's accepting that coaching. So I love the size of the corners, the way they look, and how they're being played. Now, when you get Aaron Donald back on the field that helps. with Robert Quinn. That helps. Yeah, and what you have coming at the quarterback, I, I think opposing offenses will have some coverage issues and some protection issues at the same time. Yeah. Which makes you a good defense. Yeah, okay. So speaking of the secondary, John asks, is Cody Davis the backup free safety ahead of John Johnson? You'd have to say yes. Yes. One's a point, rookie yes. and one's been around. Right. Yeah. Uh, one's a major contributor to special teams and defense. Yeah. In Cody Davis. Uh, I think at some point, Johnson is going to turn into Cody Davis. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he'll be all over the place. He'll be a what I like to call a working professional football player, which means <laughs> you're no, you're on defense. I understand. And what then you're, you're saying, on special right? teams. You're going to do everything. I, I just love it when people say, you know, and you know, head coach Sean McVay has been guilty of this once mm -hmm. or twice. He's like that guy. Yeah, he's a football player. Like, yeah, thanks, yeah. thanks, coach. We know, but I right. know, I know what he means. Yeah. It's like when you write it and you're transcribing it, yeah, yeah. it's like it this guy. Funny. This guy is a football player. Like, it just it, it doesn't just, really it, look it right in print. Yeah, it doesn't look right <laughs> in print as it looks. That makes um, sense. In other places, some guys like. You know, when special teams, when you start special teams meeting, yeah. they get up and walk out. Yeah. Because they're not on teams, they're specialists. Yeah. But most of the team is in that room. Right. I think Johnson is going to be in that group. Yes. Yeah. A lot for most of his career. Yeah, probably. Um, but the thing about the secondary that I, I'm finding interesting right now is it's hard, at least for me, to sort of get a read on what the personnel groupings are. Uh huh. And I think that's because the Rams are going to be multiple. I think Wade Phillips, you know, people talk about his system is sort of being easy to pick up, but it's still so effective. Um, and I think that's because of the way he knows how to work guys in and work in personnel groups and sub different guys and all that. 
And so, you know, right now, when you take a look at some of the secondary, you're seeing LaMarcus Joyner out there, but you're seeing Nikel Roby Coleman out there mm -hmm. too. And then you got Kayvon Webster and Trumaine Johnson, but you also have Mo Alexander and sometimes Cody Davis. Mm -hmm. And they're all kind of getting mixed up. It's going to be difficult, I think, at least right now, for me to sort of get a read on exactly what the secondary is going to look like probably until a couple weeks into the season. I've heard this before uh, about Wade Phillips' defense where he has subgroups and packages uh -huh. to where they use it so much that even if you're a backup on the depth chart, yeah. you still feel like a starter. Yeah. Because you may be in this package 90% of the time uh -huh. in the game. And then the next week it could flip. So, mm -hmm. I mean, everybody is just as important as the next guy. So they're all getting reps. Um, I think behind the starters at outside backer, yeah. I think this is where it gets kind of confusing because yeah. those jobs are wide open. Yes. Yeah. Behind the two starters, rushing the passer, your edge rushers, wide open. That is what I can't wait for for Saturday. I can't yeah. wait for game day. Yeah, me too. And, you know, we talked about this last week um, after the first day in pads where they had Bones' special teams drill where mm -hmm. it's basically mano a mano and they're just going up against one another. Wait, let's go back. Is it mano a mano? Oh, boy. Or is it mono e mono? I'm pretty sure it's mono a mono. Mono a mono. It's because mono it's, e with a y. That's hand and hand. But it's it would be e as in Latin. I always ah, thought this. Okay. I always thought this was a Latin phrase. Yeah. I don't know if it actually is a Latin. We need to phrase. figure this out. Can somebody tweet us? Mono hashtag between the horns. Thank you. Mono a mono mono e mono. We need to settle Help this today. Help us figure this out. Yes. Please. Um, yeah. And the dress is blue. Yeah. And a hot dog is a sandwich. No. <laughs> You know why a hot dog isn't a sandwich? Hot dog is a sandwich. Because if you remove the bun, then you still got a hot dog. You have meat. No. You have a sausage. No. Yes. It's That's bread not... and meat equal sandwich. No. Thank that you. doesn't make any sense. Anyway, oh, and the so dress is blue. Did we get it? Mono a mono? Go ahead. Okay. So mono a mono. A mono. mono a mono. Hand. Hand to hand. Okay, okay, but we're talking man to man. But that's okay. so that's not really what man to man is not really what it is. But that's what okay. everybody seems to think mono it is. Mono. It's like okay. a colloquialism that We're has done. just been wrong. Okay. Okay. Well, thank you very much. I'm more uh, confused to all than ever now. Yeah, I am. Okay. <laughs> but anyway, we're going back to that drill because yeah. I want to talk about Samson Abicom and he's oh, one your of guy. these guys yeah, yeah, yeah. who is going to compete at outside backer. Now, he also unfortunately suffered a minor hamstring injury during that day. I think everybody you like gets show. hurt. I know. I don't yeah. understand. You're I guess the, I just need to I stop want you to hate me. Guys. I'm just kidding. Go ahead. I know. <laughs> that can be arranged. Um, but I, I think, you know, you talk to, to guys like Joe Barry. I remember talking to him right after um, they drafted Samson Abel, mm -hmm. linebackers coach Joe Barry. And he was saying that they felt like they really got a good guy who can come in and compete because of what he was doing at outside backer and the position he was playing mm -hmm. at Eastern Washington. Mm -hmm. Now, again, this is an FCS school, same school as Cooper Cup. So yes. he's not necessarily going up against that kind of competition, but he's coming and he's looked more polished than you probably would expect somebody to look who's coming out of that kind of FCS environment. Yeah, you go back and watch some of their tape, some of their games, and you watch their special teams, they were good there too. Uh -huh. uh, so it's no shock that a guy coming out of there yeah. is comfortable in, in special teams drills. That's yes. the first thing I noticed. Like some guys have to be taught. Some guys have been specialists their whole life. They're, they weren't asked to do a lot of, on special teams, tackling and, yeah. and receiving the other way. But yeah. it seems like this is a natural progression that it's no big deal or a shock to him. Yeah. That he likes, he actually likes doing it 
and playing defense. So yes. get healthy, get back out there. That's a guy that can be one of your core teamers. He really could be. Yeah. And honestly, I think he could be a good guy to spell somebody like a Connor Barwin mm -hmm. at that outside linebacker spot because you're going to need guys who can do that, especially for those roles on the outside. I mean, look, let, let's be honest here. Robert Quinn right now is healthy, and we hope that he can stay healthy. But he's had a couple of troubles yeah. in the last couple of years. Was it so 15, 16 games in two seasons? Yeah. Yeah, I think he's missed almost. Yeah, he's yeah. missed half a year. So yeah. that's what that. So you want to make sure you have that depth, mm -hmm. and that's very important um, at those kind of spots. I'd rather have Quinn healthy for 16. I would too. Yeah, yeah. I think anybody on yeah. this defense would. Yeah. You know. I'd re I'd love watching. He and Whitworth go at it. Yeah. Yeah. It's been fun. When to we watch were talking that. to Whitworth and yeah. Quinn walked behind him. I yeah. mean, they can't get enough of each other. It's just iron sharpens iron. Did I really oh, just say really that? Oh, you really just said that. Oh All my right. God. Shout out to my guy Joe Fan. I, I owe you a dollar. Yeah. Yeah. That's a fine. <laughs> my guy Joe Fan looked this up. He, uh, he said, "Does iron really sharpen it's iron?" It's just a the saying. The answer is no. It's just a as saying. As a matter of fact. Oh my it God. is just a saying. I will never but say iron it again. does not, in fact, sharpen iron. So again, shout I'm out pay to you that dollar in pennies. Joe Fan from the 49ers. <laughs> oh, yeah. Thank you, Richard Sherman. Yeah. 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 It's a bad phrase, but people say it all the time. Yes. Yes. And it's just one of those. Again, it's a cool look we listen. But is iron wrong. really doesn't sharpen. Iron does not sharpen it iron. Doesn't. Okay. Yeah. All right. He googled Joe. Go Joe. Ugh, I, I Joe will, googled it. I will look it's that up. Interesting. Wow. Apparently, I hate myself for saying it. Yeah. Okay. Go ahead. I don't like you for saying it. But they're making each other better. Okay. Yes. Those are two guys that are good that are making each other better. Yes. Who are some maybe under the radar players that have stood out to you so You know, far? look, Aaron Green is a guy I like. Oh, yeah. producer Matt. I oh, like him. He's I do. a TCU guy. Um, there's not much he can't do. Yeah. Um, I, I think the only thing that you would say you you would change about him is you'd make him a little bit bigger. Maybe. Maybe just a little bit bigger. But uh, when you're talking about a receiver out of the backfield, wow, he's yeah. good at that. Well, uh, carrying the football. He's got great timing. Yeah. Great acceleration. Mm -hmm. Love it. Um, I love watching him. I thought he had a fantastic preseason last he year. Did. So we'll see what he does this year. But I'd say watch out for him. He's another one of those guys, you know, when you're talking about going from year one to year two, they mm. can make that jump. I think it's significant that he spent the entire year on the Rams practice squad last year. That means he was in the meeting rooms, he was getting that experience, and now he's going to hopefully be able to translate that um, to, to what he can do on the field. But the other thing about Aaron Green, and, you know, you don't, want to necessarily have people injured to give you a leg up but with the Rams injury situation with Lance Dunbar right now mm -hmm. I mean everything really is uncertain there right now especially from what head coach Sean McVay has said over the last couple of weeks so that could be an opportunity for Aaron Green to maybe get some of those reps mm -hmm. that Lance Dunbar would get when it comes to receiving the ball especially out of the backfield. right uh, you know I, I think he has a chance to be very very dynamic um speaking of that Morgan Fox yeah, is a guy that lit it up guy. in the preseason yeah. that's been flashing out here. And just by virtue of uh, Dominic Easley not being here, Louis Trinkapassad mm -hmm. is a guy that's going to get a, a good look yeah. in the interior. So yeah. those guys, uh, I would bet, are going to be at the top of the stat sheet in preseason football games. Yeah, probably. And I'm really looking forward to seeing Morgan Fox kind of in this scheme because I, I think oh, Taylor made yeah Taylor made right? for this game you yeah. know he's one of these guys that's got such good burst and acceleration off the line mm -hmm. that he can really cause problems and he's been doing that out here so far during camp and you can tell especially when they get the pads on yeah so I'm looking forward to seeing him in the preseason game. the Della Vadova of five techniques Ooh. <laughs> you know I like that reference 
Yes, I'm here for anything, <laughs> anytime we bring up uh, Matthew Dolvaldova. One other guy I do want to talk about um, that sort of caught my eye is Shakir Ryan. Oh, thank you. Give me yes. some. Little guy. Uh -huh. Yeah. Yeah. Little guy. Yeah. Ant-Man. Uh, yeah. Yeah. He's number 12. You'll probably see him this weekend. It's about how much he weighs, too. Yeah. yeah. A little, little, little guy, you know, 5'7", maybe. Yeah. He's got long hair. And again, I'm just giving you ways to recognize yeah. him on the field. But I, I, what I like about him is that he has started making plays. Mm -hmm. You know, you, he's been able to make receptions down the field, those long, deep routes. They've also tried him out a little bit at punt returner. He seems like he's got some dynamic returning abilities. So I'm interested to see what he can do in the preseason because, look, if he's a guy that can start showing out there, yeah. he has the potential to maybe sneak on the 53 or, if not, get on the practice squad. Oh, we've watched him in drills. Uh, he's exciting to watch. He's quick. His punt return ability, like you said, you can tell there's there's something to him. Um, the one thing I would want to see, or I do want to see, is when he takes his first big league hit. Yeah. Because he's not very big. No, he's not. And everybody at this level can run. So mm -hmm. at some point, they're going to have a beat on you, and you're going to take one. So yeah. I, I want to see what happens there. I remember a couple of years ago when Danny Amendola, mm -hmm. we used to say the same thing about him. You know, he's not very big. The guy can make some plays. Let me see what happens once he gets hit. Turns out he's one of the tougher guys out there. So yeah. still playing. So maybe he could be cut from that same cloth. But yeah, his ability definitely shows up. Okay, so we've got a couple things going on this week now. Um, and I, I guess we'll talk about this first. Obviously, I was in Canton the last couple yeah. days for the Hall of Fame um, and seeing Kurt Warner get inducted as a teammate. I mean, you guys won the Super Bowl together. What does it mean to you to see Kurt get, get in the Hall of Fame? Man, um, I'm still trying to put it in the words. Um, watching Orlando go in, um, even Jackie Slater. Yeah. You know, I, I was a rookie. Um, we played together two seasons, seeing him go in, uh, seeing Marshall go in. Uh, that, to me, really started it mm -hmm. because it's one of us. It's our guys. Yeah. Um, sometimes when I close my eyes at night, you know, and you're right between, you know, awake and, and sleep and you start to dream and you dream about 1999, I feel like I'm right back in that room hmm. with those guys. So to see those guys being inducted into the Hall of Fame is is amazing. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's all deserved. Yeah. Uh, Kurt oh, yeah. Warner. The naysayers about Kurt Warner used to drive me crazy. And I'm not going to, you know, <laughs> That's gloat your teammate. Now. I mean, I'm not going to gloat now, but I mean, I've seen the guy up close. I, I know he, the guy's got a heart of a champion. I know he has the heart of a Hall of Famer. Yeah. Um, I don't care what the numbers or the mid part of his career look like. When he was out there with us, when he was in the biggest games possible, every time he left the field in a Super Bowl, he gave his team the lead. Yes. Or his team had the lead. Yeah. Um, how many guys can you say that about? Not many. That are in the Hall of Fame. Not many. Um, tremendous leader, and he's legit. Everything that comes out of his mouth is real. Yeah. Uh, it's not just for show. He lives it. He walks. He he walks the talk. So, uh, it was the only time in my life that I've watched the Hall of Fame and cried when a guy was talking. Oh. Yeah, yeah. That was my next question. You did watch the speech then? Yeah. Um, when he's talking about the hardships and, you know. People giving him a chance when he when Dick Vermeil saw him in the hallway yeah. and told him he made the team. Well, we're just right down the hall, yeah. You know, and seeing him going from that guy, the third string quarterback that we didn't talk to, <laughs> to all of a sudden leading the team to become MVP, but he's still the same guy. Yeah. And then he's in the Hall of Fame, and then the world gets to see that he's the same guy. Amazing, man. The, the yeah, it brought me to tears. Okay, the third string quarterback that you didn't talk no to. No one talks to the third string quarterback. <laughs> Ask Dan Orlovsky now. Oh, no man. one talks to you. They just yell at you. <laughs> <laughs>
No, I, well, I will say this. You know, being there, I, I'd never been to a Hall of Fame ceremony before. Yeah. Um, obviously, yeah, I grew up in Cleveland, so it's not like the Hall of Fame is a foreign place to me. I've been there. I love going there. Mm -hmm. I love looking at the busts. I love, you know, just going through the history of the game. It's, it's awesome to see that. Um, but the thing that I, I think left the biggest impression on me was the gold jacket dinner, mm -hmm. and that was Friday night, um, and that's obviously when they get their gold jackets, mm -hmm. right? So right. it's it's kind of a highly produced thing for television at this mm -hmm. point, but what I think you do still notice is the sort of emotion that goes into it. Oh yeah. Because you've got literally two long lines of Hall of Famers, and they all greet these guys as they are now coming to the middle of the stage in order to then get their gold jacket. Yeah. It's, it's a really incredible thing to see. And what you don't see on television is that all of these guys get introduced to the room. So there's basically yeah. like 400 people in this in, in the Canton Civic Center. Wow. Yeah, it's where the Canton Charge plays, the Cavs D-League team, apparently. I didn't know this didn't before. Know that. The, okay. Yeah, I didn't know this either before the other night. I could but, live my whole life and not knowing that. Yeah, anyway, I know. But they got a lot of tables. It's kind of like the Golden Globes to yeah, me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, because right. all these people are eating dinner, and I'm like sitting back there being very hungry. But anyway, so they, the Hall of Famers get introduced one by one. You know, Jim Brown, obviously wow. huge ovation because yeah. we're in Northeast Ohio. And again, guys, Jackie Slater. Dan Marino's coming and Troy Aikman's yeah. coming. Like Michael Irvin, the list goes on and on and on and on. Gail Sayers is in the room. Yeah. It's incredible to see all these guys in one place. Yeah. And then as the Hall of Famers are introduced, they're all shaking hands. That's awesome. It's that, so great. It's football immortality. It um, is. I believe I heard this story through Warren Sapp or was it Marshall? And they were talking about the great Deacon Jones. He said that team is so exclusive, the yeah. Hall of Fame team, that yeah. you can't even die off it. Yes. Yes. It's amazing. Yeah, and it's I got, true. I got quoted yeah, you're the yeah. best of the best, man. I mean, you're the best that this game has to offer. And, you know, when we're all cosmic dust someday and, you know, aliens are picking through our bones <laughs> and they want to tell the story of professional football, those are the guys you're going to talk about. Exactly. They live forever. Exactly. Well, I think it was really awesome. So, congratulations to Kurt Warner, obviously, on making it into the Hall of Fame. D, any final thoughts before we close this out? Uh, let's get to preseason, man. Yeah, I know. <laughs> That'll be kind of like real football. Yeah, but I, I still say football is not back until week one. Don't listen to him. I know, right? Yes. Hey, guys, thanks so much for tuning into this edition of Between the Horns, wherever you may be in football. We will see you next time.